Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to uh, this show. Uh, thank you for being here. Very funny already this morning, straight off the bat. If you are a Liverpool supporter, not so much if you're a Man United supporter, an incredible game of football took place yesterday at Anfield. After 37 minutes, it was nil-nil. I know, because that's the time Noah, my eldest son, and I watched it until. Uh, then there was a girl just before half-time. I would say it was pretty even, Stevens. It was a great match, Um in the first half. And then Liverpool, uh, they snuck a sneaky goal just before half-time and it was 1-0. And um, and then they scored six more in the second half and it was 7-0. And somebody texted me last night, a pal of mine, saying, um, you know, I see your team beat my team by 7-0. And I thought either he'd sent the wrong text I thought because I didn't know. Uh, I, I knew that West Ham were dropped by Brighton 4-0 over the weekend as well. I knew that. Uh, but I thought, well, it couldn't have been the Liverpool game. I, 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 either he's mistaken as to who my team is, probably not his own team. Uh, and there's been some other crazy scoreline somewhere else but no um, it was 7-0 to Liverpool their biggest ever win over United uh, generally uh, especially of course at Anfield the seventh goal was very important to sort of um, put the um, uh, the uh, cherry on the icing of that particular cake but Jamie Carragher has already he's already having fun with this he's changed his Twitter profile picture from himself to one of Gary Neville just after the seventh goal went in and there you go <laughs> I, mean, I mean you can't see it you know on this little thing that you're listening to now but um but, but it's worth having a look for i mean you if you just imagine yes. gary neville looking as cross as it's possible for gary neville to look that's the picture yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he tells it like it is and he was telling it like it was on the telly yesterday uh, some front page today lviv aid wembley benefit gig for ukraine you two pink and stones asked to star and this is all over the papers today, as well as story. Oh, let's just the back pages quickly as well. Sorry. T mug Salatos goal record with a cuppa. Um, seven nil seven and hell back page of the Express and the Mirror um, and the verdict uh, unrivaled analysis reports. Liverpool seven Reds go goal crazy to humiliate ten hag and that's in the mail. Uh, the Star uh, rout of ten cop record thrashing so painful for Eric etc etc etc. All right, back to the news. Uh, Man and dog among competitors at 2023 UK wife carrying race. It's all it's always fun. It's always a great spectacle. Um, but now man and dog, um, uh, a man and dog team have um, appeared. UK's biggest wife carrying race has taken place in Surrey. Among the more unusual races for the 2023 edition was a man carrying a Springer Spaniel dressed in a wedding dress. So, yeah, I don't think that's fair. It's funny. I don't think it's fair. Because it's easy for him to carry. Because it is a race. Yeah. It's easy for him to carry a, a dog than most wives, yeah. I would imagine. I think as long as he didn't win. Well, uh, did he or not? I'm not quite sure. Um, the wife in question doesn't actually have to be uh, the spouse of the person carrying them, just a human who's at least 18 years old. So it has to be a human. It's unclear if the man carrying the Spaniel was aware of this rule. So even if he did win, it wouldn't have counted. <laughs> 
which I, I'm slightly relieved about. Uh, Johnny Depp arrives at Antique Centre by helicopter before buying quirky items for London home. So he arrives at this... It's a, there's a very famous Leicester Antiques um, Centre called Hemswell Antique Centre. There are auctions there. You see it a lot online. But, you know, I think if, you, if you're in the mood to negotiate, to barter, um, the least best way, your, your opening gamut, is arriving by a helicopter. <laughs> Um, would you take how much is that 20 quid would you take five no, no. not from you is that, your, for you. Is that your helicopter <laughs> yes. no so are you Johnny Depp no I once went to a golf shop yes. in, uh, in Scotland Bernard Gallagher former European Ryder Cup captain said to me just mention my name and they will sort you out and I mentioned Bernard's name and the price went up oh is that true? <laughs> yes, I promise you that's true. Why would they put the price up if you mentioned Bernard's name? I don't know. Maybe they were having a laugh. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe something else. Uh, Tenby Cliffs, plagued by cat-sized rats, say residents. See, uh, this may be a thing, but I don't mind a rat. I quite like rats. Ooh. Why? What's, what's that about? What's the year about? Disease, scaly tails, that. Those I, two things. I think rats are very clean nowadays. Pet rats, probably. No, I think rats in general are clean. Are they? Yeah, I think don't they don't they um, don't they have a, a very good hygiene? Is it not just a myth? No, because our the bubonic plague. You mean? Are you referring vet... to the bubonic plague? No, but a bit that. <laughs> but our vet Ian was the bubonic plague down to rats. Can we clear this up once and for all for all rats listening? <laughs> Our, our vet, Ian, when uh, our little puppy, Bella, who's now five and a half months old, was very young, he said, just for the first week after her injections, could you carry her anywhere that there might be rats, specifically those alleys right. around barns where there are sometimes rats? So he wouldn't say that. No, but if did it he was... say why, though? Well, because disease. No, did he say that? Well, he didn't. Oh. Maybe he was talking... What? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got a thing about rats. Yes. Smiling could uh, clinch you that dream job. Job applicants with a winning smile are seen as more hireable by employers, according to research which contradicts studies suggesting a neutral expression is more effective because it is more professional. If you are in charge of a person or some people or a company that may involve some people, you know, in the future, uh, potentially, then you need to listen to the podcast that I am currently listening to, which is absolutely... Absolutely fantastic. It's Tim, Tim Ferriss' latest episode of The Tim Ferriss Show. And it stars this guy called um, Matt Moken. And he's a CEO coach. And he's very successful. He made all his money himself when he was younger, so he's financially independent. And he, he in this, he gives a masterclass in how to hire people, right? And how to fire people uh, fairly and justly. Because if you are really good at firing people... Uh, knowing that you can do that if you have to, for everybody's sake, including theirs, then it will take the pressure off you hiring people because you will be more at ease with the hiring, know that if you get the wrong person, it's okay because you'll be able to deal with that in the future. And then he gives this amazing process of how to hire people. You know, in a nutshell, but it's very it's very much worth listening to, the Tim Ferriss uh, podcast, the latest, sorry, it's called the Tim Ferriss Show, it's his podcast, it's the latest edition. He says that on first interview, and he's interviewed thousands of people, this guy, uh, for jobs. He says he never interviews people on the first interview for more than 15 minutes. He says in the first five minutes, he'll get their energy. In the first, in the, in the next five or 10 minutes, he will get whether he wants to be in their company, which is really important because there's no point if you don't, because that's not going to work for anyone. And within that 15 minutes, what he also does is he asks the person to go back through their last between five and 10 jobs and ask from the from the last job going forward for the person who was in charge of them. He asked them to spell their name. 
And then once they once he's gone through that list of people with them and he's written all their names down, he picks three people at random and he says, can you provide me the details, uh, their contact details, uh, so I can seek references from them on your behalf for any potential relationship between us? And then he can sense what that whether that instills, instills fear in them or yeah, that's completely fine. And then whether they bother to do that after the interview. And if they don't, then they just take it any further forward. And if he gets those three names and he phones those three people up, he said he has never, ever called anybody up or contacted them who are not willing to talk about their, their ex-employee and perhaps his potential employee because they understand what kind of... Um, situation he's in and he says that any information that he's gleaned from those interviews or from those conversations with past employers or managers has never ever been wrong in going forward with the employment of a new person that's great it is brilliant yeah. and by the way that's five minutes of a two-hour conversation it is brilliant so so good what else is going down um and smiling of course very important in all that because because if, if he wants someone he gives them the cell and then once they he says because he says you know there are many superstars you know superstars will come for an interview because they want a job but they are superstars and to get a superstar working at a company in any way shape or form regarding at any level is like a, it's like winning the lottery almost as an employer and then he says, you know, once you give them the cell, because they're a superstar and you want them to come work for you, you then have to give them the anti-cell because you need to tell them things that are worst about the job because, you know, you don't want somebody in six months' time, you know, dialing it in because it's not what you said it was going to be. It's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I, it's, I suppose it's a microcosm of that uh, phrase. You know, if it starts bent, it only gets more bent. You've got to start straight. Relationships, same kind of thing. You know, we talked about it the other day, didn't we? Uh, Camilla delights fans. She appears on Antiques Roadshow, Eden Project Special. Again, probably arrived by helicopter, but she wasn't negotiating, so that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> Uh, King's Coronation pubs to stay open longer in England and Wales. We're off. We're out of here. You're out of here as well, aren't you, for the coronation? Yes. Have you sorted out where you're going? Yet? No, not really, um, because the coronation is on the 6th of May. Uh, it means we get the 8th of May off Motorhead Day, which is the Monday, because they've deferred the bank holiday. Do you know this? Till the Monday. Yes, yeah. So Vass and I, we're taking the Friday off and we're getting there. We're getting there. The hell out of what do they say? What's that phrase they say? Dodge. Dodge, yeah. <laughs> I love that phrase. I've never said it successfully. I always panic at the last minute. We're getting the hell out of Dodge, aren't we, Vassos? <laughs> I've never heard that expression it's before, great, but I love it's it. A, it's the Western thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Get the hell out of Dodge. Is it, is it sort of, is it after someone says, this town ain't big enough for the both of us? No, that was Sparks. That was a hit in the 1970s. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. No, 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 no. Pop, 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 pop. Dodge. Do we get dodge from, or dodgy from the city dodge, or is it like the Brazil nut? Did they call Dodge City Dodge because it was dodgy? Um, you know, and it will help with the sort of literary interpretation. Of that. I don't know. Bus driver rescues sheep loose on dual carriageway on her first day. I mean, it's not what you need on the first day, but she stepped up to the wheel and then she stepped up to the plate. Uh, sheep that strayed onto a busy dual carriageway was rescued by a bus driver on her first day at the wheel. Martine Pate, or Patey, spotted the lost sheep on the busy A27. She was driving a rail replacement bus from Brighton to Eastbourne on Sunday. She had it all going on. It was a rail replacement yeah. bus. People were in a panic. There's a loose sheep. She's the girl. <laughs> she, she's the superstar I'm talking about. Yeah. Superstar employee. That's her weekend cinch right there. Yeah. <laughs> Newly discovered chemicals are so deadly to fungi, they are named after Keanu Reeves. So unfair. Good idea, not thought through. Not well executed. It's not every day that effective fungus killing compounds are discovered, so researchers in Germany knew their recent find needed a special name. Identifying and testing three natural 
compounds that proved lethal to fungi. They were so impressed they named their chemicals after actor Keanu Reeves, a nod to how he eliminates villains in movies such as John Wick and The Matrix. Well, then you call them John Wick. You don't call them Keanu Reeves. He's not the killer, is he? He's like the most zen, nicest man yeah, in the world. exactly. You call them the old John Wick. John Wick. I imagine he quite likes fungi. I imagine he fungi. does. I imagine... No, you, I imagine... Not killer fungi. Exactly. Exactly what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant he won't kill a fungi. Oh, dear. <laughs> So well, um, especially for woo, especially for woo. <laughs> What's the next line? I want to tell you how. No, especially yeah. for you. you. I want to tell you. Oh, we'll, no, we'll get the know. lyrics right, then we'll come back with the story. <laughs> especially for you. I want to let you know what I was going through. through. All the time we were apart, I thought of you. You were in my heart. My love never changed. I still feel the same, especially for you. Now, what the writers of that song have done there is they've really tested us with the first verse and they know that we'd be so traumatised by that, they let us drop back into especially for you. Mm. And I think, it was all a, I think it was all a gag at the expense of Jason Donovan because his range is somewhat limited. You know, the, <laughs> is it a vocoder? What is it called, Gareth? Is it a vocoder? Vocoder. And by the way, um, you know, very, very talented vocalists use vocoders as well because it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you make uh, your, your song sound as, as good as you want it to for your fans and, you know, uh, commercial uh, reasons, then why wouldn't you? Uh, but I think there's a lot going on there from a range point of view in the first seven lines. And I just think they did it as a bit. I mean, like, it just goes. It's like you would. It's like the middle eight kicks in in the first date. <laughs> if, the, if you can have a first date, well, you, know, you never have a middle eight. So Kylie's fine. She's fine with that. Okay, here we go. Because she she is awesome. I mean, she she really can sing. You know All the time we were apart, I thought of you. You were in my heart. See, that was all fine. And now I still feel the same. There we go. See, for me, he started too high anyway. Here we go. Good luck, Jason. See, he goes down. He goes down. He goes down. Okay, right. Okay. Try going down, Jason. You're not supposed to go down. Go up. That's why he started so high. Yeah, that, he must have, because no matter how low he started, he yes. couldn't get up where he needed exactly. to go. So they say, that's exactly right. Start high, you, you've got low. <laughs> you've got your safety net. I'm playing cards right. <laughs> oh, dear, that's funny. All right, um, international listener time. 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 Kylie. International listener time. Jackie currently not in Hampshire for once. It's not quite the matter one, but I'm currently looking at Mont Blanc. Warm oh. pain, sorry, warm pan of chocolat in hand, uh, coffee in the other, and about to head off. My skis, uh, lots of love. Well, I've checked out the Matterhorn and Mont Blanc, you know, and they're both big mountains with snow on top. However, um, they are, you cannot, even for somebody who's not, I'm not really sort of, uh, my, my eyes aren't really trained to spot different mountains, but you can see. 
that the Matterhorn has a particular... It, it looks very... Um, what's the talking hat in Harry Potter called? What's oh, that? The sorting, sorting hat. The sort, it's, it's, it's the mountain version of the sorting hat. Yeah. You know, you can almost you can almost sort of imagine it starting to wiggle around, predicting whether in Slytherin or wherever it is. <laughs> Slobberin. What are you supposed to... Slytherin. Slytherin or what are the other ones? Gryffindor, Gryffindor Hufflepuff. Yeah. Ravenclaw. And Ravenclaw. So you don't want to be in Slyth- Slytherin. Depends. I mean, no, my, you know, my Vol- hair could be... Voldemort's in charge of Slytherin. I could be like a Malfoy. But because you you can buy those hats. Kids buy those hats. Yeah. It's merch, uh, uh, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and, actually, and it dishes out which... So you put it on around the family at Christmas and it tells you... Nobody wants to be in Slytherin. Not, not that I've met anyway. It goes through... Because we, we just press the button in the toy shop and it, it will tell you, you know, you press a button and it will say... Ooh. You know, you can buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you can. There's also <laughs> like a filter <laughs> on Instagram that you can like... Yeah. But... The, the hat in the shop yes. does it in English, right? Yeah. And then unprompted uh-huh. does it in French as well. Unprompted? Un- so it, you press a button and it'll go, ooh, okay, how, I see how... a fine mind. Right. I think you better be in Ravenclaw. Okay. Oh, je vois le, le, le brain de vous. Ravenclaw. I get that, but this this term unprompted, how might you prompt the hat? <laughs> well, you might set it to English or French, but no, it's both. All right. You're having both. Uh, You're having Anglais et Francais. That's clearly not the case. <laughs> I promise you it is. No, of course it isn't. It's not going to... It doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. It absolutely does. No, it did once, but that's not what the hat does. It doesn't... All the Harry Potter hats don't give you English and French. I'm I, Actually, I, it was in Putney. We're going to Putney today. I'm going to buy the hat oh, and bring it oh, in tomorrow. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It was in Putney. OK, then, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What kind of qualification is that? No, no, it was in Putney. Yo, you mean Putney? <laughs> Exactement. Exactement. What's the, word, what's the word for news in French? Le nouveau. That's just new. Oh, no, no. The news is le nouveau. Maybe Le Nouvelle. Uh, Vass is on great form this morning. Um, Dave from Bracknell says, I think the phrase Vass is looking for um, for the news in French is l'actualité. Nothing to do with La Nouvelle. That just means new. <laughs> I don't know about that, Dave in Bracknell. <laughs> no, you, no, you clearly don't know about that. Thank you for confirming it. He's on amazing form this morning, isn't he? <laughs> He, when, he, when I saw him today off the air, he said, you won't believe how much happier everybody is when Caroline's not there. No, I did not. Absolutely not. That's all. Christopher. Yes? Out. That is, that's not outrageous. That is outrageous. Untrue. Not at all. I just said we had a lovely time. Caroline had a lovely time. She was away with her girlfriends in Whitstable. Lovely time had by her and her friends. Yes. The kids and I were in London. Lovely time had by us. I did not put the two together and say how much happier we were. <laughs> absolutely not. I didn't. I didn't, didn't it? Caroline, I did it. And you know this is when she listens. <laughs> Caroline, I did it. I did it. That's Chris being pesky. Abigail- I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> Abigail, look, if she's not chucked you out before today, it's never going to happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think you're fine. Abigail and Worthy, my signature of the weekend was a perfect ride around the woods with my friend Maria, almost equal by Liverpool's thrashing of Man United. Yes, if you haven't heard, Liverpool beat Man United 7 0 at Anfield yesterday, and it was still 0 0 after 40 minutes. Liverpool scored their opening goal just before half time, and then another six. <laughs> like six. 7-0 and Man United are really good what, I wonder what happened to them did they just did, were they overwhelmed by the energy by, by Anfield 
you know, what what happened to that team? You can understand Liverpool having a good day, you know. And Man United, you know, on, on the form books, you know, um, would be Liverpool, even at Anfield this year. But, and you can sort of get Liverpool maybe, you know, 3-1 on a really good day, you know, 4-1. But what happened to United? Something must have happened to that team. Psychologically, from a vibrational point of view, something happened to Man United... So it's almost impossible that Liverpool could beat them 7-0 yesterday, this season. Absolutely. Uh, Especially at this point in this season where Liverpool are just finding their feet again. And Manchester United were purring. Aren't, aren't, isn't it interesting how we are as humans? Mm. You know, once you have a wobble, once, you, once you're distracted, you know, this is why it's really important to have focus. You know, not laborious focus, just simple focus by, by you know, concentrating on what's useful to you and parking things you can't do anything about and controlling the controllables. Clearly, United lost their head. I mean, I don't know, I didn't see it. I watched the first 37 minutes. I watched the first, and I thought, this is a great game. But we've had our fill, it's tea time, and we just forgot to go back to the football. Um, little did we know... So they must have, did they lose their heads? Were they were they shambles in the second half? Yes, I mean those are the words that Gary Neville used. <laughs> he said a disgrace, shambles, embarrassing. Epitomised actually by the Manchester United captain Gary Neville as Liverpool were celebrating their sixth goal. The substitute board comes up and it's Marcus Rashford coming off, and Bruno Fernandes is in the centre circle and he just sort of throws his arms up as if to say, "I wanted to come off." Oh, well, so, never mind. And, and you just. That's the captain. You can come off after a few more minutes with <laughs> yeah. the rest of the team. Right, just come off now. Yeah. You might as well. <laughs> Paul and the mighty Finn in Colwyn Bay. Hello, Chris and the gang. This weekend has been well and truly cinched. I made the weekly round trip to see our beloved Brighton smash West Ham 4-0. Happy Monday to all. Yeah, it's getting a bit too football-y, the show, all of a sudden. David Moyes says um, his second uh, worst uh, ever performance or experience as West Ham manager. He should know. He's it. David in East Sussex. My weekend cinch was running the Eastbourne half yesterday, 17 minutes quicker than a year ago. Oh, my goodness me. That is lopping some off your PB. I'm loving 119 days to go and I'm almost looking forward to the London Marathon. Well, you should. I mean, if you're in it, you should look forward to it. No question about that. Uh, 190 days to go. How to train for and smash your first marathon. And we are, I think we're diving into week 11 now. Yeah, I think we are diving into week 11 now. And uh, all proceeds from this book to go to Stormbreak. Stormbreak which is a lovely kids' mental health charity run by, founded by yes. Martin Yelling, who is the super coach who gives the tips to the book. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And uh, all profits forever from that book going to that charity. Forever. And it's, uh, it seems to be selling forever. It has a very long tail, is, I think, the term. Used to refer to such a, a thing. Uh, Andrea in Warwickshire says, the reason you have to carry your dog for a little while after vaccination is because rats transmit a disease called leptospirosis. Mm. Also, please could I have a shout out for everyone getting ready for Craftsmas starting on Thursday. I'm very excited to be showing my beagle and Tibetan spaniel. That's quite fancy, isn't it? Mm. So rats, um, they get a pretty rough deal. Not from me, not from me. I like a rat or two. I really do. I think they're cool. Um, And all this nonsense about the plague being started by rats, that's not true either. Um, I'd like to tell you why, but all I can find at the moment are the lyrics, um, the long form (laughs) lyrics of Especially For You by Kylie and Jason. Here it is. Rats have long been blamed for spreading the Black Death around Europe in the 14th century. Specifically, historians have speculated that the fleas on rats are responsible for the estimated 25 million plague deaths between 1347 and 1351. Um, So this isn't the Great Plague. This is the plague before that, isn't it? It's the bubonic plague. Um, Not the plague that the Fire of London um, uh, has been mythically reported to have wiped out, but that wasn't true either, was it? 
wasn't it? No, oh, I think it wasn't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking you. But that. I quite like sorry, sorry, things not, like that. You don't. <laughs> you actually, did ask me. No, I didn't actually. I didn't actually. You think I asked you? Hi, hi, Sinead. How you doing? You're right over there. So I just look at you instead. <laughs> it's more comfortable anyway. Um, however, a new study suggests that rats weren't the main carriers of fleas and lice that spread the plague. It was humans. See, that's why we that's why we're giving rats such yes. a bad rap. The rap rat, mm. or the rat trap, or the rat trap. Oh. Is because otherwise we're, we're pointing as far away from ourselves as possible. It was yeah. us. What did it? In a study published in January 2017 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, that sounds like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Researchers simulated Black Death outbreaks in European cities to try and understand how the plague was spread. In their simul simulations, they looked at three possible models for infections rats, airborne transmission, and fleas and ticks that humans carry around with them on their bodies and their clothes. The consensus seems to be that the plague spread too fast for rats to be the culprit carriers. Rats are clean. Hang. Here we go. Mice and rats are fastidiously clean animals, grooming themselves several times a day. In fact, rats and mice are less likely than dogs or cats to catch and transmit parasites and viruses, which is what I said one hour ago. <laughs> there you go. You're I, very I, conveniently I, forgetting Andrea and her leptospirosis that rats carry that can be affected to puppies. Poor puppies. Look what they're doing to puppies. Don't, don't bring a puppy <laughs> argument into it. Don't bring the equivalent of a puppy sale. I think we're going to buy kind of nonsense logic you've dreamt up in the last 60 seconds. Isn't that terrible, though? Yes, the it is. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> the PR that we've done on rats. It's not fair. Is, it, and rats it, are cool, man. They can't be changed now. They are cool. It's because they scurry around, they scare people a little bit, they scuttle around, they scuttle and they scurry. But people aren't as scared of mice, that just because they're a bit smaller. I love the ones you see on the tube. Mm. They're about that big, the little mice. Front no? page of the sun. No, I'm with you. I'm, He's looking confused. Oh, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. Don't I've never worry. seen a mouse on the tube. Not like on it, but like, you know, when you're waiting and they scurry around. You've the... never seen a mouse on the tube? Nope. Oh. You've been on the tube. Yep. Mouse every, mice everywhere. Where shall I look? In the tunnels. If you just get in. <laughs> the sun. World exclusive Le Vivade. Wembley benefit gig for Ukraine, a spectacular live aid style benefit gig is to be held in, to help victims of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You two, Pink and Stones, asked to start. Um, they're going to say yes, aren't they? Do we know what it's going to be? This is very exciting, isn't it? Very, very exciting. Hey, let's just do... Well, sorry? 24th of June. Nice. 24th of June is going to happen. Cool. Invited to appear, you two killers, Rolling Stones, um, Florence the Machine, No Gallagher, Dell, support McCartney. They'll pitch up for that. Why wouldn't they? Of course they would. Hey, Jay says, I'm fascinated by you talking about the uh, How to Fire and Hire podcast. My first interviews for my business are always on informal 30 minutes where I am looking to understand the candidates' values and energy. I know within 60 seconds where the energy works and it means I have a brilliant team of people with great values. Well, well done for you, AJ. Super cool. That's why, you know, if you're, if you're in a company that has the founder still as the boss, you know, and I don't have a company anymore, but we all have a company of ourselves, don't we? We're all the CEO of that particular company. And if you listen to podcasts with CEO coaches um, advising people who have like, you know, whether it's a small business employee and a couple of people or just one other person or thousands of people, you can apply the same rules. And they're expert rules because they have to be. 
because it's not life and death, but it is, you know, it is a very serious considerations to success and failure where massive companies are concerned or people who've borrowed £10,000 or dollars or whatever, you know, and, and stake their, remortgage their house. So these things have to work. They can't not work or have to stand the best chances of working. So if you apply that to yourself, those rules, it, they do work. It's really interesting. I think it's fascinating. It is, it is. Totally fascinating. Uh, talking of employment, John in Welling Garden City says... Hello, Chris and the team. I'm taking my 11-year-old son, William, to school right now, and we're listening in the car. He knew the answer to your question on the bubonic plague and the answer to your French question, so perhaps he could stand in for Vassos next time he needs a break. No, no, he could replace Vassos. Because the very unfortunate thing for me is um, Vassos takes exactly the same holidays off as I do, mm -hmm. so I never get a break from him, ever. <laughs> Yeah, well, I do by, by being off work. But any time I'm here, so is he. Yes. And he, he thinks it's good for, for, listing, for the listing figures and the ratings. And it probably is, but it's terrible for my anxiety. <laughs> anyway, thank you, William. Laura in Freeth. Oh, wait, I don't need this. I don't need this, Laura. I don't need this on a Monday. I'm afraid Vassus is right. We bought a sorting hat for our twin boys and it started speaking in English and French. Hopefully the kids might learn something. Well, maybe it's hilarious. You first of all think it starts it's speaking in because it's quite a weird voice, and you think, oh, "What's that? Was that sort of some Harry Potterish that I didn't know?" Harry but Potter. Then you, then you realise that no, 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 it's just saying exactly the same thing as it's just said, sorting you into Ravenclaw. En français. <laughs> it's hilarious. I think I might buy one. Well, let's see if it costs hilarious. forty quid. Let's see if it's hilarious. Let's hear if it's hilarious, shall we? <laughs> It's not hilarious. It's not. It's not. It's quite funny. Not. It's not quite funny. Grafondor. What's not funny about that? Everything. Grafondor. Everything. Everything is not funny about that. Everything. Tout le monde. Toot. Sorry. Right today, mild in the south with bright spells and a few showers ahead of a band of rain and hill snow moving slightly southwards. Much colder weather follows across northern areas with sunny spells and snow showers. A lot of people who listen to this show tend to get up early, really early compared to a lot of other people. And one of the advantages of getting up earlier is that you often get the best of the day and we have witnessed the best of the day. We had the most spectacular um, sort of daybreak, sort of twilight just before the sun came up. Then we had the most amazing sunrise. And if you don't believe me, check out at Chris Evans TFI on Instagram. Uh, I've taken a picture of my run-in. So it's the first daylight run-in commute of the, morning, of the year uh, this year, uh, post-summer last year. And, and then we had the sunrise and you wouldn't think it was the same day now or in the same part yeah. of the world, would you? you think it was like more nighttime-ish now. Uh, so getting up early in the morning works, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, what else is going on here? You could be set for... Sorry, UK could be set for the coldest temperature of the year. Sorry, uh, following on from the forecast, I didn't do the temperatures. But that headline has spurred me on to do so. Storing away two degrees, Aberdeen three degrees. It is getting colder. Uh, it's not the coldest March ever which is what they said it was going to be last week. Mm -hmm. It's not. It just isn't. You might see the coldest March temperature ever for a minute, uh, I suppose. And uh, In that way, is that the coldest March ever? Then I, I, I think the coldest March ever is being really cold for most of March. Yeah, that's what I think. That's yeah. what I feel. Rather than just like one hour of one day in March. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah. 
Um, they're saying tonight, minus 10 in places, apparently. Uh, snow maybe Wednesday and Thursday. But even so, only a 50% chance of snow in most places that may have any at all in the first place. Uh, talking of frost and ice, we did touch upon freezer drawers in the first half mm-hmm. hour of the show. And the fact that if you have some children and you therefore... There's two things about the ice cream drawer in the freezer. One is you can put it out the reach of the kids because otherwise they'll get pesky and they'll get in there, you know, um, they'll, they'll snaffle and sneak a, a nice lolly whenever they can, ours do. Or you can put it lower just because it's more accessible for them, which means if, when they want one, you say, yeah, go and get one and off you go because you're busy in the kitchen. But the point is, one way or another, if you've got kids, the ice cream drawer in the freezer seems to get used more uh, than any other drawer. And we've just discussed this. Freezer drawers are really flipping flimsy. It's ridiculous. And my friend Mark has just texted with a picture. He's just he's just been driven to take a picture of his ice cream drawer, which is also cracked and it's actually got a piece missing. Yeah. Um, it's got a sort of sliver of, of, of plastic missing. He says, "Yeah, yeah, me, me too, us too." And it's because the kids are, and also the the. Ice cream drawer in the freezer gets depleted so often, then they start to rattle around as well, and that causes a bit causes a bit of sort of friction and sort of wear on the drawer anyhow. Um, and of course, none of us have realised until this conversation you can buy replacement freezer drawers because he's just texted me back <laughs> with some options. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. First of all, picture of uh, ice cream freezer drawer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not in not not good shape. And then a replacement freezer drawers from twelve twenty five, eleven ninety five, thirty two ninety five for three. Okay. Um, turns out, he says, you can just buy a new one. Thanks for helping me consider something I've never normally would have done. Or we could just we could just change them around. We don't do that either. Mm. Do, you do, do you ever get that where something's been beaten up so much you could replace thing? No, just let that bit get beaten up a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Whatever it may be. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, big intro, please. Thank you. Well, goodness gracious me, have we got a guest for you this morning. He's hilarious. He's a national treasure. And he totally rocks a backpack once again in Series 5 of Unforgotten, which continues tonight at 9 on ITV1. So please welcome an actor and comedian who's every bit as good as a cinch car. It's Sanjeev Baskar. I know, well, well Probud in our, our, sponsor. our sponsor there. Yeah, how does Sanjeev yeah, feel about that? effortlessly done, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you very Seems. much, Sanjeev, yeah. Well, Sanjeev is here. <laughs> now, Sanjeev, as you know, big fans. Big fans Thank of the much. show. Big fans of Unforgotten. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, let's talk about the fact that episode one, season five, we, we have uh, straight, straight off the bat, we have uh, on location in Bath. Paris, yes, Thames Estuary, yeah, it's all over the place. The big three, yeah. Can you, <laughs> can you? And so much goes on, and there's so much intrigue, and so you know, so much mystery, as there has to be, I suppose. But these things can be a bit thin sometimes, and this one definitely isn't, is it? 
No, it isn't. And this is down to kind of Chris Lang's writing. And I've, I've, I think with every series, this is series five. Yeah. Uh, they are really four mini dramas under the umbrella of a whodunit. So each one of those individual stories, I think, could be a, an entire series on its own. So I think that, you know, having those four little sort of dramas that are happening, um, I think gives it a kind of depth and a richness and, and stuff that, uh, you know, maybe other shows don't have. But, you know, what we don't have a, a car chases and gunfights and stuff like that. I think all the tension comes from the emotions of, and the interactions and the fact that, you know, they're all lying. Yeah, and so, but Sonny still has his backpack. He still has what his backpack. What is it about, the, t- tell people who don't know, the phenomenon of, of D.I. Sonny's backpack? Well, on series one, you know, when you go in, um, you choose a costume and you, you know, you choose the the accompaniments that go with it, the accoutrements, and uh, they said, you've got to choose a bag. And I thought, well, they gave me these briefcases and stuff. And I thought, well, you know, it's a backpack. It's, it's practical. Yeah. He's got kids. I mean, he'll be using it on the weekends. And um, over the first series, it got way more attention than it deserved. I mean, people were just saying... <laughs> why why the, did that happen, do you think? Why the, I don't know. They were, I mean, the, the, but the, none of it was particularly positive. <laughs> they just said, why has he got a backpack? He looks like a child. He's not even wearing it properly. <laughs> he wears it on one shoulder. And so by the second series, I said to the costume department, well, it's got to look like it's got something in it. So um, just fill it with stuff and surprise me. I won't look at it during the day and I'll open it at the end of the day and I'll I'll take a picture of what's in there and they they just went crazy and uh I started to post these pictures on social media and it got this weird kind of following in its own right so I've done that this time there's a, a platform called We Are 8 which is this wonderful platform oh, that yeah. I'm kind of uh, involved in so I'm, I'm posting them weekly on there the contents of Sunny's backpack do you have a backpack I have got a backpack. I've got a backpack. Have you got a backpack? I love it. Where's yours? Can I see yours? Oh, that's very good. You see, it's practical, isn't it? It's very practical. Do you wear it on one shoulder or just No, because I, I run with it. And it's also got a chest strap as well, which you sort of need, otherwise it jiggles. And I'm more jiggly anyway myself nowadays. <laughs> you know, when I brush my teeth, once I've stopped brushing my teeth, everything else takes about a minute to catch up with the fact that I've now stopped moving because it, it has a momentum of its own. Well, hopefully your teeth aren't moving, but um, everything else does. Well, yeah, but my teeth are falling towards the front of... That's why our teeth cluster, you know that? Because gravity, gravity takes its toll. No, yeah. really? You know that phrase, everything's gone south? Oh, Everything's yeah. go- that is the thing. What, yeah. including your teeth? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why. That's news to that's me. That's why they're cross- That's why they're sort of noses and ears and chins and stuff. I kind of <laughs> understood. <but laughs> I had this great um, uh, uh, story about gravity the other day because we always think gravity gravity's so powerful, isn't it? Of course it is. The Earth's gravity so powerful. No, it's not because every time you get out of the chair, you've just beaten it. <laughs> that, and that's that's the thing. Anyway, Di Sunny is back. But he's got a, he's got a new boss for now. He has. How got a long new is boss. she going to stay? Why is she there? What's her story? Well, uh, the previous boss and his friend and and colleague and uh, possibly love of his life, uh, Cassie Stewart, uh, sadly met her end at the end of series four. And uh, so this series is kind of really Sunny, kind of in grief. Really, he's kind of hasn't recovered. He hasn't got over it. And uh, someone else comes in to effectively take up her uh, post, and he doesn't like her. Well, she's a toughie, isn't she? She's tough, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's great casting. Sinead Keenan, Sinead, great name. Yeah, great name. Is that a great name? Shout out all Sinead's. Yeah, yeah. All Sinead's. Hello to all Sinead's. And she's, Sinead Keenan is brilliant. And I think that. What would have been the worst thing they could have done would have, would have been to bring someone in with the same energy and you know the same style, and the fact that they brought in you know a completely different character who's got a different energy that clashes with Sunny, I think has been 
has been good. It's been. I liked strike. it when um, she says, uh, "Did you ever to to your character, not to you? Did you ever apply for the job?" Yeah. And then he says something we can't say on the radio. But we was, can we can say the gist of it. Yeah, go on. He kind of said he basically she says, "Did you ever apply for this job?" As a kind of jibe. And he says, no, but I was offered it multiple times. In fact, they begged me. <laughs> well done. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it was a real mic drop moment, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and then he goes moment. in the loon and he lets off a bit of steam. Uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, which is kind of, I mean... Well, he's very simmering, isn't he, in this... Yeah, and I think I, I think that's the, the thing I really like about um, uh, all of the series and Chris Lang's writing is that it's emotionally honest. And so I think that it was... It was a really interesting place to go that, you know, we as a cast and, and we as characters and also the audience, you know, really felt for Cassie Stewart's demise. And Chris basically has taken my character through what a lot of the audience might be feeling, which is a bit lost and a bit angry and a bit annoyed. It's a fine line, isn't it? Because, you know, the more normal it is, the more believable it is, but then you can't be too normal because it's not dramatic enough to engage the audience. That's right. That's the clever bit. It is, and I think that's why I think if you're emotionally honest, because I think even if you watch a kind of, you know, a rollicking action film, if you believe the emotions, you'll go with everything else. You'll say, fine, you know, the person can jump out of a plane without a parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, you know, uh, land safely and stuff. But I think that's... I think the empathy and, and emotional honesty is at the forefront of of these particular stories. Super confident as well. Why wouldn't he be? By the way, amazing reviews for everybody, especially Chris in the papers um, you know, over the last few days. But um, there are certain characters in the first episode of season five and we don't know what they're there for yet. Mm. Um, but he spends the whole episode establishing them and still not paying that off because, again, he's super confident. You know, like the old chap who's got the terminal illness and the, the junky couple and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's all in the mix, you know, and he's just... He's just he has the confidence that we're going to go to the next episode and, and crack on. I mean that is that's pretty special, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it's, it's kind of hallmark of the show. And I think that you know all those people uh, are connected, and all those kind of you know strings will be slowly pulled together, and there will be a point at which you know we as the audience kind of go, oh, he's that yeah, to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I'm already guessing, him. by the way. Are you? Yeah, of course. Do you want to share a? No, who's responsible early... for the chimney body yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Because mm. the chronology of the murder yeah, yeah, and all this well kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness! This, I mean, the unique thing about this particular series over the others actually is the, is the the age range of the suspects. Usually, it's kind of with a cold case that people around the same age because it happened that time, uh, you know, a period of time ago, and everyone was around the same age then. But this time, young to old, could be any one of them or more than one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're very good at all this stuff. Is that because of your background in marketing? <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, I mean... <laughs> did you get a degree in marketing? I did, I did business and marketing. Tell That's me about that. Tell me about your mindset and why not, by the way, of course. Just tell me about <laughs> Sanjeev back then. Well, because my parents, uh, like a lot of um, you know immigrant parents, wanted me to uh, be a doctor and I wanted to be an actor. So this is, this is absolutely true. When I was about five, uh, some kind of uncle came round to the house and said, uh, so young man, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, actor. And my dad said, it's pronounced doctor. And that was... <laughs> that is good. That, I mean, That's the best story. My dad, my dad then denied it. My mum was there and she's kind of backed me up on that. Um, so I kind of figured that... 
such the, a good story. The exact midpoint between acting and medicine was marketing. I was going to say, is that <laughs> the acceptable exactly, bridge? Exactly, yeah, it's the meridian. It's exactly the middle. Well, he's saying, I suppose it makes sense logistically, but, you know, to your mum and dad, it's not a doctor, so it doesn't make any sense at all, because anything but a doctor yeah, is right. not acceptable. So right. in your mind, well, marketing, it's not, it's not an actor. That's yeah, your, yeah, that was your argument, good. wasn't yeah, it, I suppose? Right. It's right. I, I mean, I have thought since, having played doctors on screen, whether... To my parents, that just looks like I'm taunting them. I've, I've gone screen going, could have been this. How was it? How was it for you then? Um, so, how, how, where was the parallel journey of, of secretly trying to become an actor while mitigating it with this marketing degree? Um, it's a very good question. I think I was just uh, generally unhappy with whatever I was doing. And I think that I got really, really lucky, Chris. I mean, it was, it was 96, 97 that uh, I got together with Nitin Sawney, who's a phenomenal composer and musician, and we were friends uh, from college. And we decided to do a double act thing with some comedy and music, because I thought no one's seen that before from a couple of British Asians. Yeah. And uh, we won't be predictable. It'd be very difficult to put us into a pigeonhole. And we kind of got spotted. And Where, where, where? Tell me about tell me well, about the first time you did that in public, where it was, whether it was a pub or, a, or an open mic night or whatever, yeah. and then how that developed, and then the uh, the little sort of moment of discovery. We did, um, so we were called the Secret Asians. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, it didn't get much better than that. Uh, and oh my, like we, we did a gig at uh, the old Oval House, which was by Oval Tube Station. And it's kind of a 50-seat little studio place. Comedy? Comedy venue? and music. Yeah. I, I mean, it was theatre. It was a theatre and it had a small right. space upstairs. Were you nervous? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, first time nervous. you'd ever performed in public? No, the first time ever was probably at college. That okay. was in, in front of, you know, just a student union type right. thing, um, which didn't really count because everyone was drunk. Uh, uh, we were, the audience was, the person taking tickets was. I mean, just everyone was. Um, and... Uh, we but we kind of did this thing we kind of went let's fill some time did it work straight away uh yeah i think because we were unpredictable actually i don't think it was necessarily brilliant but people just didn't know what was going to come up next right. and so that there's a frisson to that and uh and so when we did it in sort of the mid 90s or whatever um a couple of people from the bbc came to see it because they got a flyer the show was also called <laughs> Papa don preach Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I told you it didn't get much better. And uh, we just did. <laughs> we got a rave review in, in Time Out from Bonnie What Greer. did they say? What did they say? They kind of gave it five stars and said, This is maybe this is, you know, uh, the um, an immigrant community coming of age with, because it's confident and all that sort of stuff. And these two producers turned up and said, We're thinking of doing a sketch show for the BBC, would you be interested? Right. And that was goodness gracious me. So that was life-changing. Is that 96 or 97 or...? That was uh, 97 on the radio. Wow. And then 98 on telly. And so, because you you're you a son of Ealing. Were you born in Ealing, were you? I was born you? in Ealing, Okay, yeah. and it was, did you stay there for a while in Ealing? Uh, then brought up in Hounslow. How, how quickly after you were uh, born? About three years. All right, so you don't like have any recollection of Ealing being the hotbed of like the the Ealing comedies and all that stuff going on? I didn't at that time. Right. No. Was no. it going on then? Do you think it probably uh, was? Wasn't it? It was. No, I think it come to come to its end by then because right. I think it was really the forties and particularly the fifties. I think that Ealing comedies really hit their fall. Got it. Um, Did you ever go back to do anything there? Studios. I have been to Ealing Studios, yeah, and it's you know it's a weird thing with going to any kind of studio. The bigger ones 
uh, certainly around London and Pinewood and, and Shepparton and Elstree. And there's a sense of history there. And you go there and you go, gosh, they made Star Wars here. and They made the Bond <laughs> they're, films they're here. They're still and, making Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And so there is something quite exciting about that. I think, you know, it's the thing about anywhere which has a history yeah. is that you can tap into a, an energy, you know, and that's what's wonderful about museums. And so true. Visiting old houses. I'm a big Elvis fan. So going to Graceland for me, it was kind of huge, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, but you get that sort of sense of stuff has happened here, you know. <laughs> Is it true you're not allowed upstairs in Graceland? It's true, yeah. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? It's like, well, I think they've they've preserved, you know, his bedroom and, and the private quarters. Right. Uh, so I think it's only the family that has when access to that. When did you go? I went about five years ago. Was it as good as you wanted it to be? Or is it, did, did it, it not matter how good it was? No, you, it was better. No expect. All oh, right. Good. It was better because I think that... It was once you get in... Have you been? No. So, you know, it, it's a very famous facade. and But once you go in, you realise it is just someone's house. I mean, it, it's flash and all that stuff. And you've got a basement with kind of various rooms in it and pool tables and rooms with three tellies in it and all that sort of stuff. But really, you got the sense of it being a home. And that was the thing that surprised me. I thought it'd be a, a lot more opulent than, than actually it was. Do you like the music and or the enigma? Um, is it the whole thing? Is it because he was such a special person? What? I got, well, I, I heard his voice first. Right. And so I didn't know what he looked like yeah. for about five years. And yeah. then when I saw him, I thought, of course you look like that. Yeah. Of course you do. He was very individual looking, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's extraordinary that he was, you know, he, he was the surviving twin. Yeah. I mean, imagine two people looking like that. I mean, what are the chances? I know, I know. My uncle had blue eyes and sort of dark hair. So Elvis in his movies has blue eyes and, and yeah. dark hair. And I used to look at my uncle and go, what a waste. What I, <laughs> what I could have done with blue eyes. Hayley in Swindon says, I binge-watched the latest season of Unforgotten. It's totally brilliant. Great to hear Sanjeev on the show today. Um, oh, thank you very much. Who, who do you love? Who do you like? Who do you think's amazing? Uh, what, on, on telly? Yeah, or whatever, kind of... you know, whether it's comedy or whether it's acting or... Oh, there's tons of people. I mean, you know, okay, I'll give you the first name that comes to mind, which is Stephen Graham. I mean, I think Stephen Graham is phenomenal in it, in everything and he does. And getting better. Yeah, I mean, it's he's just mesmerising. But also right. there's there's been a lot of great drama as well. I think that probably over the last 15 or 20 years, ever since The Sopranos and West Wing and all that kind of stuff came out, I think that there's been a... It's been a golden period. The anti-hero thing's helped a lot, hasn't it? You know, seeing what they're like at home because they've got to run their lives. Yeah, you know? yeah. It kind of feels that. I mean, uh, Happy Valley, I thought, was yeah. phenomenal. I mean, every series was brilliant. And how do you feel about, like, um, Netflix and Apple? And, you know, the, we used to have we used to have BBC One, BBC Two, then we had ITV, then Channel Four, then Channel Five. And now sort of the global equivalent of that is Amazon Prime and Netflix and Apple TV Plus, you know, and, and ITV. How is it at ITV? Do they talk about that or not? Um, I think that, you know, everyone's aware of it. And I think that's why you've got streaming platforms. And I think that's why people can now binge the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of analogue. So I'm a watch it once a week type of person anyway, <laughs> simply because you can talk about it. And that was the way of watching it. But people now, you know, it's that thing at, at the time that you're talking when we were kids, it was a, it was a communal thing. You know, if you and also there was, you couldn't record it. So yeah. if you missed the beginning, you missed the beginning. You had to kind of go around yeah. and go, what happened? And then when you could record it, you couldn't see, you couldn't see what it was anyway because the VHS recorder was so bad. Do you remember? <laughs> you to, do you remember tracking? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was all about one player, one replay head, or one player head, or two player heads, wasn't it? Um, 
if you bought a VHS, a Panasonic VHS with two player heads, right, that meant that if you it paused it, it, the still didn't flicker as much. But why would you want to pause it and look at a still picture? That was the big selling point, and it worked. But look, if we pause it, look, it doesn't flicker. <laughs> why you pause it? Why you pause it? Was because you could then take a picture of it yeah! on your not on your camera phone, <laughs> on your regular phone, uh, not on regular phone, your regular camera, <clears> which <throat> you then had to send away and wait for a month yeah. before you got the pictures back. Sanjeev, great to see you again, man. Thank um, you, you too. What else would you like to get out there about Unforgotten Series 5? What do you want to say to people? I think that, you know, there were a lot of people who said they wouldn't watch it after um, Cassie, the Cassie character died, which I kind of get, but I think this series a hot take. is they kind were, of about that. They were just saying that. You know, <laughs> They're probably pretending not to watch it because they sort of have to. <laughs> They've kind of trapped themselves in a corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's. Uh, I hope people enjoy it, and I hope we get a chance to do more. And and Sinead, who had the toughest job of anyone, because not only was Sinead like her character coming into a group of people who kind of all knew each other and and got on, which is kind of quite a nerve wracking thing as being the new kid in school. Uh, and she is and was fabulous. What are you doing for the rest of the day? What does Sanjeev do on a Monday? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Well, Monday's been night, so I'm going to go back. <laughs> I got a text from my son. Keeping it real, man. On my way here. Yes. On his way to school. Yeah. Uh, just saying, he took a video and he kind of said, we've got loads of ants around our bin and I can't deal with it because I'm on, I'm going to school. He's 17. And, and I, he told me first, he rang me to tell me and I said, okay, fine, I'll deal with it when I get back. Then he took a video of the ants. I said, and, they, and then another follow-up text saying, I've just sent a video of the ants. It was kind of, yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Do you know how so to get rid of ants? Uh, I, you get a really tiny flute and you play a very kind of tiny tune and they follow you. It's not far off the truth. Cool. You ask them to leave. <laughs> Honestly, try it. Really? If you ask them to leave, they will leave. It, do you, in what? What's the verbiage that you use? You for just this? say, hi, Ants, I honour you, I appreciate you, I recognise you, but can you please go somewhere else? And they will go somewhere else. How quickly? I mean, is it like the guests that Ant never speed. leave? Ant speed. Ant speed. Well, I... <laughs> Honestly, it's true. You ask them to leave. You can't, If you go to a restaurant, you Listen, ask them to leave and they leave. We've had guests like that and they didn't go. <laughs> they don't go. It doesn't work on people. It only works on ants. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this when I get back. Let me know. Yeah, I will. Um, just before you go, um, Mira has... Uh, has this uh, thing that she's not actually part of at the moment. She has this community thing that uh, has gone big on the telly. So they have a thing called Potato Mondays, right, right. in her street, hmm. um, where basically everybody takes their potatoes to one house. One house is nominated every Monday, and they could call the potatoes to save on heating because they do it on the oven. All the community gets together. They have a chat. It's a great right. way to start the week. Well, begun is half done. Um, how is your community in your... By the way, the one show are going there today, aren't they? The one show are going to see Potato Monday in Mirror Are Street, they? Which she secretly hasn't signed up for yet. She just watches it from not afar, but Where? And not so far. Wow. How, how is your community? In, how, how, Potato how are community. With, with the neighbours. How are you with the neighbours? Oh, the neighbours are great. Got, you're big with your neighbours, aren't you, Vass? Yeah. Are they big what, with you? What does that mean? What is big, <laughs> big with them? When is, when is he going to leave? He's very, like, very <laughs> neighbourly. But that's big sounds like kind of like, you know, slightly kind of... No, no, Mr. Big. Yeah, no, I'm not Mr. Big okay. at all. But, you know, we... He runs the fa the Facebook group or the WhatsApp group for the living um, advent calendar. They all do an actual door with their doors. No, really? Yes, yes, Sanjeev, yes. Oh, that's brilliant. That is good, actually. How long do you have to kind of stand there for? Oh, no, it's not... You, you 24 just... hours yeah. until the next one opens. <laughs> sort of. That's a bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> rough, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's a window thing. You dress right. oh, a window on the oh, first. Okay. So like, you know, and so number 31 will be on the first and then they'll do a window and then it'll stay there for the whole of December. And then number 52 will do... They're not standing behind... Someone's not standing behind... No, no, no. You just, you just make a fancy window. Oh, OK. It's because you said bin day. Because mm. it's a thing, isn't it? It's a thing. Bin day. Well, it it's is. It's so complicated I mean, now. I mean, I've got to go and look up it's too which bins I know. it is. It's too complicated. You know, it's... You know, you, know you, can have, you can buy an extra bin if you pay a bit more. Do you know that? And then do what with it? Well, no, if your bins are too full, because they are... Oh, it's be... too full. So you, I see, yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. You just get another bin. You just pay another, like, 15 quid a month or whatever. See, I did a documentary around <laughs> India many years ago. <laughs> I know ago, you did, I know. And in that, we looked at recycling. And yeah. what would happen is people would come to your house and basically buy your recycling. Right. Because they're going to make money off of it yeah, yeah. further down the line. We should okay. do that, yeah? OK. Maybe it's another one. I don't know. Bin Monday. <laughs> uh, great to see you, Sanjeev. You too. Thanks, man. You're awesome. Sanjeev Bhaskar stars with his pals in the fifth season of Unforgotten. Uh, continues tonight, episode 2, 9pm, ITV. All six episodes are bingeable, on-demand, ITVX. Boom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.